I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with the Real Property St. Pete podcast. And Remax Metro. Yes, indeed. We were talking earlier and the question that came up was, are we in a housing recession? Right. And that was something that I was listening to on another podcast. And I felt like, wow, that's a great question. How do we decide if we're in a recession or not? I don't usually think of us in a recession because St. Pete is so resilient and our inventory is so low and people want to move here and they're moving from out of town all the time. We've got lots of people coming in with cash and buying properties. And the thing I think that got brought up is because we look at all these different statistics and we feel like, oh, wow, inventory is low. That means it's a seller's market. You know, it's easy to sell. People are still buying and median price keeps going up and we keep seeing the prices go up. And that's, you know, so we see these things that make us think, wow, there's a ton of demand here, really not in a recession. But there was one statistic they felt like that was the most important. And these people are, you know, high level economists and they're like, the number of transactions closed is the number one metric of recession. And I wonder how many months do you think it would take for the number of listings sold to be in a downward decline in order for it to be poignant enough to be considered a recession? Great question. But I mean, we've been talking about this that last year, June through December, I feel like I've said this five or 10 times, you know, the market just was crashing because the interest rates were going up 50 points or 75 points. Every time the Fed would come out and try to control inflation, the rates would raise and the 30-year fixed would raise. And the affordability index would then go down. So, so I'm going to go back to your the market was crashing comment because I'll challenge you on that. The market was slowing down. Right. So here's my curve on closed transactions starting in May through June. And I don't have May because we're past that. We're in August. Here, it's 31% starting in July of 22, 31%, 17%. These are all negative percentages of the number of transactions down 31, down 17, down 38, down 25, down 44, down 40, down 41. At what month? Each of those months are July through January. Now, I'm saying that it started in May and they're saying it started in May and that's fine. But I don't have May because I have a year back. I could go and look, but I don't have that number right now. The point is, is the curve is straight down from May through February. So those were all down numbers on closed transactions. And those are huge numbers. That's pretty significant, those numbers. That's a huge pullback in the number of transactions for each of those months. And they're calling that the recession. May through November of last year, that is what they're calling a recession because it was six, and I'm saying eight months of pullback on closed transactions. And so it's not as significant in the current statistics, which just came out July 2023. Right. You know, now we're kind of down, let's just say the last three months, 10%, 22%, 13%, 9%. That's a little bit of a flattening compared to 40s and 30s. Sure it is. But it's still down and the prices are still up. So median price is still going up like you've always corrected me about, which is fine. And that's fine. I'm not, I don't get my feelings hurt. You mean hurt. not right all the time? No, not all the time. And this is important. <laughs> <laughs> Surely it is. I just think it's really important to keep track of the fact that fewer transactions are happening. Fewer houses are selling. And that's significant. I mean, fewer realtors are making deals. And I think this goes to another point too. Interest rates are still high and that 
goes back to some stuff that we were talking about before in terms of if you are in a home and your interest rate is under six or under five or four or three, mm-hmm. and you're thinking about selling the home you live in and buying another home at seven and a half percent interest, there's a huge mental mindset and concrete financial issues with trading out your 3% money for 8% money. That's valid. It's funny because we have discussed this and I've kind of tamped down the conversation in our prior episodes about the number of sales being insignificant, but I think you're finding some significance to this. And we talked about new construction and that kind of goes back to it. 90% of home sales in the past have been existing home sales. Today, only 70% of the home sales are of existing sales. So new construction sales have gone from 10% of the market to 30% of the market. I think that we're seeing that locally too. I see, you know, in my neighborhood, there are major sections of homes, like eight homes in a row being bulldozed and new construction being put up. So I think even locally in our landlocked location of Pinellas County, it's starting to become a factor, sure. I just put a home under contract in a very high price point. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'll tell you something. We did a lot of research and we looked at a lot of homes. And in that price point, the availability of a nice home in a nice location at this very high seven-figure number was not very good. The quality of the properties of the existing home inventory was pretty weak. So we opted for new construction. I I can see that. And it was a good deal. So we're talking about the number of closed transactions going down in double-digit percentages month over month. And we've been seeing that for now about 12 to 16 months. Really high at the beginning as interest rates went up and then now continuing through into this year. Although we had a nice pullback, we had some action. Median price continues to go up. The number of actual transactions goes down. And we're attributing that to people in homes with low interest rates not being willing to come out of their existing home and put it on the market and buy something else at a much higher rate and relying really on new construction to provide the inventory needed. You know, I've been mitigating your commentary on the fact that current homeowners aren't making transition, but I think it's becoming valid in the statistics now. Right. I I think, and more poignant. And, 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 And not evident. I'll I'll give you that one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But it's not been evident by the pricing going up, inventory being down, there being a lot of demand for the properties. Right. There's not a match there. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you think, oh, wow. I mean, inventory is down, prices are up, you know, the market's hot. I mean, in the days when market are short, Mm-hmm. All that's true, but the actual number of transactions is getting lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a huge pullback in the last part of 22. We're still seeing a pullback in the actual number of closed transactions and the number of sales. I mean, that's a top indicator for economists on how the housing market is. And so then the question was, are we in a recession? And I think recession can be a scary word. I know when my friends talk about recession, you know, the things that we went through in the earlier 2000s were not 
great for us financially. And so you hear that word recession and it starts to raise an element of fear. You know, I'm like a fact checker. I like to just confirm information. And one thing that maybe will help people is recession is even defined by a period of temporary decline in the economics. And so, you know, this isn't permanent and I'm not sure maybe you have some thoughts on how things might change with the interest rates not making much of a shift or expected to make much of a shift from their current high rates and what that will do for the housing market. You know, you mentioned the last recession, which, you know, interestingly, they named off about eight recessions that we've had since the 30s, since they started keeping data and that type of thing. Yeah, but I haven't been around that. No, 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 no. And, and I mean, actually, I don't know how far back it goes, but it's definitely the last eight times that they actually recorded a housing recession. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like during our lifetime, that would be the 80s. Right. But 2006 through 2010 is what you're talking about. And they actually named that the Great Recession. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one of the reasons is there was so much job. Is it a Great Recession for housing or just a Great Economic Recession? Well, there was both. I mean, you know, it started as as a housing recession and then turned into the Great Recession. So it encompassed all parts of the economy. Job loss, low equity, from the mortgage fraud crisis, low equity in the homes, mm-hmm. um, you know, those were all things that contributed to this massive pullback in housing. And we, you know, that, that was that was crushing for us at the time. So and I think that's an important piece as of right now. And it's a good reason for us to keep track of the statistics and what's happening. But people have a lot of equity. Yes. And so they're hanging on to their house because they're I'm hopeful <laughs> that won't create another situation. And, and I don't think it will. You know, I think it just means we're kind of bumping a long right now. And it's, you know, again, the number of transactions are low. And I think if that's one of the main metrics that you're looking at is number of transactions, there's no way to look at this any other way than there's just not as many transactions happening. And that's, that's a definition of a recession. I thought I'd touch on a couple of other things. You know, we talk about median price a lot and it bumps around a lot. As I'm studying some of these higher level statistics, I find that they look at the three month moving average on median price because we always talk about that one month look at what it was just a month ago. So, you know, we've been transitioning a bit from average price to median price. And we've talked in prior episodes about the definition of median price and why that's more important. Let's recap for people what the median price is. Right. That's the middle. So half the houses sold above that number and half the houses sold below it. So we're following median, right? Yes. It's a more relevant methodology for figuring out what the market's doing. It also helps buyers see a number that's much lower. Or more realistic. Right. More realistic. Exactly. So this is, you know, the median price for July is 480500 The average is 611000 I mean, if you're a new home buyer or new to town and you want to buy a $450,000 house and you look at the median price as four eighty, you feel pretty good about it, right? Mm-hmm. If it's 611000 you think, holy cow, that's the average price. So we like median price. Where's it going? Median moves around a little bit, but not nearly as much as average. So the moving average of increase in price over the last three months has been 3%. So I'm just going to repeat these moving averages as they went through the last year. Starting July 22, the moving average was 18%, then it was 18%, then it was 14%. And these are increases in the median price. Then it was 13%, 
than 7%. So it's going down, as you see, 5%, 25 3%, 1.5%, 2 and 3 So it's kind of flattened out to just a 2 or 3% increase in the median price over the last about six or seven months. We talked about that last week in our prior episode. And so if you didn't listen, it'd be helpful to listen. You know, these build upon each other and are a great reference for anyone interested in the numbers. And so it's been pretty flat. I mean, it's been up, but it's just like minimally up. And that seemed boring. But once you start looking at the overall market of where it had come from, just in July of 22, the prices were still really racing up, you know, 18%, 17%, 14%. Those are big numbers because they never went negative. And you told me they wouldn't. I know they're still not negative. They're not negative. We'll but keep a watch on that for right. sure. When we were talking earlier, you talked about why. And I think that is the most important thing for people to understand. The reason that happened is the time frame when the interest rates shifted. Right. Because starting in June, the interest rates started going up by 50 points or 75 basis points each month all the way to December. Needless to say, we went from 3% interest rates on a 30-year fixed to 7.8% as a rate on the 30-year fixed. In prior episodes, we've gone over what that affordability factor has done to buyers' ability oh, yeah. to purchase. That's and, right. You know, We talked about that difference in interest takes a $500,000 buyer and makes them a $350,000 buyer. That's significant. Right. That's very frustrating for a buyer to have to look at $300,000 houses when they previously have been shopping for $500,000 houses. That would have cost them the same. Right. Because of the rate. And it's frustrating and they give up. Well, it's interesting in that time frame as well, insurance premiums have gone up. Oh my goodness. No doubt. You know, we've experienced each of us personally, a major increase in our homeowner's insurance premiums. And I know all of my clients I've been talking to, it's been a factor. And certainly if you're thinking of buying a home and we're helping you with that process, we're going to be looking at what that cost is prior to you making an offer or definitely during the due diligence period. Absolutely. I mean, because that is something that you're always going to pay, whether you're a cash buyer or a finance buyer. And we also have talked some about that too, is that, you know, even if you're a cash buyer, you're still paying taxes, insurance, and possibly flood insurance on the house. And they can be significant thousands of dollars a month, depending on the price point. So I think the point of today was to discuss what we've started to see. And I say started to see, I mean, I feel like the evidence has been on the wall, but we've still been doing fine. But I'm sure there are a lot of realtors that have not been as successful when the number of transactions has been dropping by 30 and 40% each month since last June. I mean, that's about 14 months of decreases in the number of actual closed transactions. And that easily defines a recession. Not to be a scary word, just <laughs> temporary. <laughs> it is indeed temporary. So I think that things will change. I mean, 7% is not a horrible interest rate. It is compared to what people have been used to in the 3% range. But I mean, there have been plenty of times in the past where interest rates have been 12, 14, 15%. Seven's not horrible. It's just what we've gotten used to. And I'll tell you something else. The fact that we have a 30-year fixed rate is pretty unique to the United States of America. In England, the best interest rate you can get only last for three to five years, and then they readjust. And they're getting crushed in the UK on mortgage rates going up because they're not fixed. 
So this is a little bit of a shift in our reporting of the statistics and what we're focusing on from our prior episodes. And I think it's something for us to really keep track of and continue watching to see how that adjusts and shifts with the changing interest rates. It's been a full year since the interest rates have changed and that's starting to change the numbers. And so that'll be interesting to watch and keep track of. I agree. I mean, I think it's an interesting thing to look at and we'll keep up with it and report on it like we have absorption rates and other things, but it's just sort of another aspect to what we're going to bring in the market report. This is also important for what we have upcoming in our our next episodes and what you have to look forward to, we're going to be looking closely at what it's like to be a buyer in 2023 and help anyone who is looking at that process, new to the process or coming back to it and what they need to know. So I'm excited to go over with you, David, the important factors for buying in 2023. We're going to have a three-part episode, much like we did. How to sell in 2023. How to sell in 2023. So if you haven't listened to that and you're thinking of selling, definitely some good information in those episodes. Feel free to check out our podcast links to find those. And we're excited to bring you some new stuff. Right. I'm excited to talk about how to buy in 23. And, you know, we might even call it how to buy in 23 and 24 because we're getting near the end and it's not going to change that much. And it's really about our buyer consult, what we do with buyers. How do we sort out what they want? How do we move them forward? How would we get them into a new home? Something that they'll be happy with as a good investment. Well, we'll hope you'll listen. Thank you for listening to us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share with your friends and follow us. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with Real Property St. Pete Podcast. And Remax Metro.